Father in heaven, we thank you today for your many blessings and for the breath of life. And we come to you today to receive power during this midday power surge. I ask that we might receive from thee the holy oil that we might shine as bright lights for thee. We thank you for the promise in Zechariah 4 verse 6, not by might, not by power, but by my spirit, saith the Lord. Revive, reform us, we pray, in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. All right, friends, welcome one. Welcome all to this midday power surge. It is Sunday, February 2nd, 2020. Your spiritual oasis on this pilgrim journey. Richard, Terence, Proverbs, Rose, all right, Ruda, Lexi, I see my need. All right, friends, welcome one. Isaac, welcome one. Bruce, welcome one. Welcome all. Many Americans today, I want to segue right into this, are presently preparing to celebrate, to watch, to honor the Super Bowl, Super Bowl 54. And the sad reality is, is that even professed Christians will celebrate and honor, watch, participate in the Super Bowl. And we are going to address this matter from Scripture that we may understand what time it is. Take a look at this, my friends. Super Bowl 54, 49ers versus the Chiefs. Who cares? And we're going to focus now on some pertinent information. The first thing I want to share is simply the statement from Selected Messages, Book 2, page 322, which says, I do not condemn the simple exercise of playing ball, but this even in its simplicity may be overdone. And the statement goes on. I want to share with you from Scripture that co competition is not of God. Competitive sports is of the devil. You can find this in Isaiah chapter 14, verse number 12 through verse 14. In heaven, Satan was competing against Jesus Christ. I would, I will be, I will be, all these eyes trying to be first. Isaiah chapter 14, verse 12 through verse 14. And secondly, the Bible condemns competitive sports. Look with me at Galatians chapter 5. This is the work of the flesh. Galatians chapter 5, verse 19 through verse 21. And the Bible tells us that those who participate in these sins will not enter God's kingdom. Look at verse 20. It mentions emulations, competition, not to mention how much money is spent, not to mention the time that is spent in these things, the rivalry, the strife, the gambling, the intemperance in eating and drinking, the smoking, the revelry, the frivolity. Must I say more? Notice also it says in verse 20 of Galatians chapter 5, it mentions idolatry. They idolize these sports teams. Wearing their paraphernalia, their jerseys, having these memorabilia 
of these sports teams, even their statues and pictures, idolatry. And what says that first commandment of Exodus 20, verse 1 through verse 3? Thou shalt have no other gods before me. Leave Egypt, leave Babylon, leave the world. And verse number 2, don't make unto thee any graven images. Don't wear their pictures. Don't use their drawings. Does it make sense, my friends? Look at the screen right here. And it says, as we're looking at this, it goes on to show us that this points to sports, Super Bowl, the Olympics. It goes back to the worshipping of Greek gods, idolatry. It's right there on the screen. And what is the primary part of the papacy? It is the leopard, which brings us back to Greece. Idolatry, friends. Idolatry. Take a look at this brief video. I was watching TV the other day, and this show comes on with these religious fanatics, and they were crazy. Well, you would think they were crazy if you didn't understand their culture and their religion. See, that's just the thing. See, they were worshippers of idols. And they took things to extremes. They painted their bodies. They wore these ridiculous costumes, chanted, they danced. They even made sacrifices to their idols. But they had built these enormous temples to worship their idols in. It seems like their entire existence climaxed into this one scenario, this one over-the-top act of worship. You don't really relate, do you? Let's try it again. I was watching TV the other day, and this show comes on with these religious fanatics, and they were crazy. Well, you would think they were crazy if you didn't understand their culture and their religion. See, that's just the thing. See, they were worshippers of idols. And they took things to extremes. They painted their bodies. They wore these ridiculous costumes. They chanted. They danced. They even made sacrifices to the idols. But they had built these enormous temples to worship their idols in. It seems like their entire existence climaxed into this one scenario, this one over-the-top act of worship. You don't really relate, do you? Let's try it again. I was watching TV the other day, and this show comes on with these religious fanatics, and they were crazy. Well, you would think they were crazy if you didn't understand their culture and their religion. See, that's just the thing. See, they were worshippers of idols. The halftime show. All right, friends, enough is enough. I don't want to inundate you with that material, but we are to use this as for the work of aggressive evangelism. Let's go back to history and then come to the present day. We are told, I'll my friends, that during past times, the Jewish leaders, pastors, elders, they left the work of God in the sanctuary 
in the synagogue and they went to watch the Greek games. Take a look at this. They went to watch the Greek games, as you can see on the screen here, my friends. And then we're told in Christ's Object Lessons, page 54, many parents seek to promote the happiness of their children by gratifying their love of amusement. They allow them to engage in sports. You could read the rest of that. Last sentence, even the church, which should be the pillar and ground of the truth is found encouraging the selfish love of pleasure. Write down this scripture, Romans chapter 1, verse 28. The Bible tells us, when they, eat, when they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a reprobate mind. And what is comprised in that reprobate mind? Verse 30, pride. Being proud, competitive sports. And verse 32 says, not only those who play these sports, but also those who find pleasure in them, watching them. Go to 1 Corinthians chapter 2. The Bible tells us in verse number 12, Super Bowl 54, the spirit of the world versus the spirit of Jesus Christ. Verse 12, 1 Corinthians 2. Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit which is of God. Look how this scripture is pertinent and applicable now. Look at this statement. These statements tell us we should not engage in football or pugilistic games. None of it, my friends. It's clear. And Christ did not encourage his disciples to play these games, to get exercise. The last, sent, the last quotation says, not even in our schools should these things be found. Supporting football and other games, competition. Notice here, my friends, Ephesus, SDA Church, January 19th. What are they promoting? Well, it's clear. What do you find on the screen there? February 2nd, 2020. That's today. What are they hosting? Super Bowl. Here it is, my friends. Grace Temple, SDA Church. What are they celebrating? Even yesterday on the Lord's Sabbath, they wore jerseys representing their famous team. There it is, even Oakwood University. February 2nd at 5 p.m. 2020, Super Bowl party. This is grotesque in the sight of God, my friends. There it is again. Who are they inviting? Uh, oh, my friends. It's a call to Bible conversion. And then we find this question, dear God, is it okay for me to pray that my team wins the Super Bowl? That's a mockery to God, my friends. Not to mention the NFL concussions continue to rise. The battle cry from some of the toughest athletes in this country, former football players. Won't spend time on that. And we have even former, we have even a present Seventh-day Adventist family 
Their daughter suffered a severe concussion, skull fracture. There it is on the screen, my friends. Union College. You could read that and read that statement from Education, page 210. All right, friends. And what about the Greeks? Headline, how gay were the Greeks? And what is connected with the Super Bowl nowadays? Nice right now, along with their coach, Emily Liebert. And guys, it's not a bad way to end your first season. Good morning. Good, Good morning. morning. What time is it, my friend? <laughs> so how does it feel? Take a lot of people think the Super Bowl... Let's go now, my friends, to Luke 22. And the Bible tells us that just before the cross of Jesus, what were the disciples focused on? They were focused on who shall be the greatest. Write that scripture down. Luke 22, in verse 21, Christ speaks of his betrayal, the closing crisis, and the closest disciples of Christ, what was on their minds? Verse 22, verse 24, there was strife among them. Verse 24, which of them should be accounted the greatest? And verse 25 onward, Jesus rebuked them. What must come to his church today? And the close approbation is near. Death can come at any time. Yet what is on people's minds? Not just the world. The world is the world. But what about the church? Professed Seventh-day Adventist Christians. Professed Christians. Schools and churches. Look at the screen, my friends. There it is. First paragraph. Satan has devised a multitude of ways in which to keep men from serving God. He has invented sports and games. You could read the rest of that. Next paragraph. Human beings are living on probation and they are either working out their eternal good or their eternal ruin. And what are they focused on? Horse racing, blue words, football matches, pugilistic contests. Who shall be the greatest, my friends? And this study is of urgency. Super Bowl? I want to give you a scripture about the golden bowl, which points to death. Go with me in your Bibles to Ecclesiastes chapter 12. The Bible tells us in verse 6 and verse 7, what if you were to die while supporting and watching the Super Bowl in the spirit of rivalry, strife, pride? You die lost. Verse 6, it says, or, e or ever the silver cord be loosed or the golden bowl. I'm using a parody on the words Super Bowl. Golden Bowl, Super Bowl. Or the Golden Bowl be broken. What is that talking about? Verse 7, Then shall the dust return to the earth as it was, and the Spirit shall return to God who gave it vanity of vanity, says the preacher. All is vanity. The golden bowl of your soul can break today. And I covered yesterday, we should be ready every single day to live or to die for Christ. Now, friends, in the sanctuary, there is a laver. And the laver is called the wash bowl. Super Bowl versus the wash bowl. Super Bowl 54 in a stadium. The laver, the wash bowl in the court. 
courtyard. And the Bible tells us in Exodus chapter 30 and verse number 18, the Bible speaks of the wash bowl, the laver. And the Bible tells us that we are to wash, wash hands, wash feet, wash away our sins. Look at the screen. Once we surrender our sins with the lamb on the right bottom of your screen and the lamb is placed on the golden altar, the altar of sacrifice, then you are washed, which means to be baptized. I'll get to that wash bowl. Look at this, my friends. What material was used to make the wash bowl? What material? It was brass. And the brass was called looking glass. Look with me. Exodus chapter 38. The Bible tells us in verse number, in verse number 8, the Bible tells us the labor of brass was made of looking glasses. Looking glasses. Just imagine then, that means that washbowl was a mirror. The mirror reflects your image. What in the Bible is likened unto a, a looking glass? I was going to say a mirror. A looking glass. It is the law. Write down James chapter 1, verse 23 through verse 25. So while many are focusing on the Super Bowl, Again, friends, leave the word alone. But profess Christians, what should we be focusing on? The labor, the looking glass, examining ourselves, fulfilling James chapter 1, verse 23 through 25, and Psalm 1, verse 1 through verse 3, examining ourselves. And the Bible tells us in 2 Corinthians chapter 3 and verse 18, but we beholding as in a glass, the glory of the Lord are changed into his image from glory unto glory, even as by the spirit of the Lord. Am I in God's image, not in the image of some football players? Am I imitating Christ's image? And we're told that we can never equal the example, but we must surely copy it. Volume 2 says that, my friends, page 628. All right, come back here now, my friends. Look at the screen. Go with me now to Exodus chapter 30. And the Bible tells us in verse 20, the people were to wash or else they would die. That's verse 20 of Exodus chapter 30. Wash or they die. What text came to my mind? What text must come to your mind? This points to baptism. John chapter 3. Verse 3 through verse 7, what did Christ say to Nicodemus, a rabbi in Israel? And through him, he must teach Israel, except you be washed with water, be washed by the Spirit. You shall in no wise see, nor enter my kingdom. It's baptism. We must be washed. You must be born again, not born of the world. Born of the spirit, not the spirit of the world. Does that make sense, my friends? All right. And what do we find in John 13? Just before Christ's crucifixion, uh, Christ or Barabbas, Sabbath or Sunday, just before that crisis, the Bible tells us in John 13, Jesus took a 
basin. Basin, a wash bowl. Not Super Bowl. Just imagine, friends. A basin, a wash bowl. And he began to wash. He put water inside there and washed the feet of the disciples. And what did Christ say? You are clean except one. I wonder what was on the mind of Judas Iscariot. Competition. That's it, friends. Competition, strife, worldliness. It's time for self-examination. Does it make sense? And what were the words of Peter? Lord, wash all of me. Ah, oh, beloved. As I close this segment, Super Bowl 54 verses, the wash bowl, look with me. Hebrews, the Bible tells us, in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 21, we have a high priest in the heavenly sanctuary, most holy place. And what does the Bible say? We must, in verse 22, let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. And verse 23, let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering. This must be our experience. Super Bowl 54 verses. The wash bowl. All right, get back to the screen. So once we surrender the lamb, also the altar, then we are washed, baptized, communion service. Then we follow the lamb. We follow the high priest. We are into the holy place. And what do we find in the holy place, my friends? From the wash bowl, laver, what do we find now? We find in the holy place on the left of your screen, the menorah, not the menorah. What, my friends, the seven golden branch candlestick? Go with me to Exodus 25. Yes, my friends. Exodus 25. Now you become the light of the world. And the Bible tells us in verse 31. Let's read through verse 40. The golden candlestick. And what sat upon the golden candlestick? It was bowls. Can you see it, my friends? Not Super Bowl 54. It's a parody. Not Super Bowl 54, my friends. But what now? The gold, the bowls atop the branches of the seven golden candlestick. And the Bible tells us, watch this now. Zechariah speaks of these bowls. Zechariah speaks of the seven golden candlestick, not a golden trophy for who wins Super Bowl 54. Who cares about that? But who shall receive the crown of life? By the way, all of us can receive that crown of life. Zechariah, I want it. Do you want it? Zechariah, the Bible tells us, in Zechariah chapter 4, look at this, my friends. The Bible tells us in verse 1 through verse 3, this is what God showed Zerubbabel in vision. And Zechariah, there it is, my friends. The golden candlestick, seven branches. On the top of it, the golden bowl. On the two sides of it, left and right, the two olive trees. And from the olive trees, golden pipes. 
and from the golden pipes they empty into the golden bowl, my friends. And the Bible tells us in verse number 4 of Zechariah 4, Zechariah did not comprehend this vision. And God told him now in verse number 6, This is the word of the Lord unto Zerubbabel, saying, Not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, saith the Lord. Pause. What was Zerubbabel? attempting to do to rebuild the temple what is our work to rebuild true worship to rebuild this body temple to glorify christ that's it my friends does it make sense yes and there was there were obstacles in the way of zerubbabel and the others so God says now, it's by my spirit you will triumph. Take a look at the screen once more, my friends. All right. It says in verse 7, Who art thou, O great mountain? Do you see it, my friends? Who art thou, O great mountain? Before Zerubbabel, the mountain shall become a plain. And he shall bring forth the headstone thereof with shoutings, crying, Grace! Grace unto it. Friends, do not allow anybody in the chat room to distract you. Rebuke them in the name of Jesus Christ. Come back here, my friends. This is the experience. Are there mountains in your way? Yes. To live a victorious life over sin? Yes. Are there mountains in your way as it relates to your marriage? Various relationships. Amen, my friends. Even daily crises. But Jesus says, by my spirit, those mountains will become plain. And Christ will be your chief cornerstone and you shall receive his grace. Ah, oh, friends, that's potent. That's encouraging. Come back. These are the seven branches of the candlestick. What do the candlesticks represent, my friends? The candlestick represent... God's people, write down Matthew chapter 5, verse 14 through verse 16. You are the light of the world. The candlestick, also write down Revelation chapter 1 and verse 20. The candlestick, go back with me to Zechariah chapter 4. What two things allow the candlestick to shine light? The Bible tells us, write this down. In verse 3, the two olive trees, look at the screen. The two olive trees, one on the left, one on the right. Also verse 11, the two olive trees, one on the left, one on the right. What do those two olive trees represent? They represent the two witnesses. Revelation 11, they represent the Old and the New Testament. Verse 14. Zechariah 4. They represent the law and the testimony. They represent for us the Bible and the spirit of prophecy. Look at this, my friends. Great controversy. Page 267. Read that. Psalm 119, 105. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light. Olive trees give light. 
Old and New Testament, my friends. Does it make sense? And then we're told in Zechariah chapter 4, verse 11 and verse 12. The candlesticks receive something from the olive trees. What do they receive? Verse 11, verse 12 says they receive oil. Who does the oil represent? The oil represents the power of the Holy Spirit. The converting influence of the Holy Spirit. Friends, how may I receive it in a practical way? How may you receive it? Daily devotion. Write down the desire of ages, page 83. As we dwell upon his great sacrifice for us, our confidence in Christ will be constant. No more stress. Our love for him will be quickened. If you love me, keep my commandments. And we shall be more deeply imbued with his spirit as we spend that thoughtful hour each day in contemplating the life of Christ. All right, friends, as I close, Super Bowl 54 verses. The everlasting gospel. Look at this, my friends. The Pope is telling us sports is used to unite the world. To unite people, faiths, culture, what must go to every nation, kindred, tongue, and people, my friends, is the three angels' messages of Revelation chapter 14, verse 6. Every, king, every nation, kindred, tongue, and people. Look at this, my friends. Volume 6, page 11. God's people are to be channels for the outworking of the highest influence in the universe. In Zechariah's vision, the two olive trees which stand before God are represented as emptying the golden oil out of themselves through golden tubes. Into what, friends? Not Super Bowl 54. Into what, friends? The bowl of the sanctuary. From this, the lamps of the sanctuary are fed, that they may give a continuous, bright, and shining light. So from the anointed ones that stand in God's presence, the fullness of divine light and love and power is imparted to God's people. And they, that they may impart to others light and joy and refreshing watch this now last sentence you and i we are to become channels through which divine instrumentalities communicate to the world the tide of god's love send in your prayer requests my friends father in heaven we thank you for this midday power surge may we be that golden candlestick save us we pray Wash us in the true heavenly washbowl. And may we communicate this light to those around us. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen. Maranatha.